Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Today on the podcast, I interviewed Nikki Rausch, who is a sales coach. She has 25 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA. She's shattered sales records in many industries, receiving multiple top producer awards along the way. She's the CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling, and she has a unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire her to show them how to sell successfully, including myself, and sell authentically without being salesy or pushy. An engaging and sought-off speaker, she shares the secrets of her sales success through illuminating keynote addresses and business-changing workshops, and I've been to several. They're amazing. Her robust sales maven society ignites game-changing outcomes for clients. She's also written and published three books, The Buying Signals, Six-Word Lessons on Influencing with Grace, and her latest, The Selling Staircase. Please help me welcome Nikki Rausch. Now on to the episode. Well, hello, welcome back to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I'm Pia Larson, your host. And today I have with me uh, Nikki Rausch, who is the sales maven, and she's my sales coach. I've known Nikki for quite a few years, and she's coached me in the past, and I just rejoined her sales maven society. And we are going to get some great tips, not only on sales and marketing, but how to pick up buying signals and how to close the sale and how to do better discovery calls. So you're going to want to take notes. Welcome to the show, Nikki. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Pia. It's so nice to be here with you. Yeah, so I know your background really well, but for the listeners mm-hmm. who aren't familiar with it, can you tell them what where you were in corporate America sales and mm-hmm. what was your aha moment to entice you to go out on your own? I think you were told <laughs> that you needed to go out on your own, right? Like, how come uh, you aren't helping no. other people? <laughs> no, oh, well, kind of a little bit. So like you said, I've been in sales for a long time and I was in selling in the technology space. I was a regional sales manager, really what they call the like traveling sales rep, 120 flights a year, covering a huge territory and supporting people out in the field. And I had a lot of success at that level, at the manufacturer level. And while I was doing that, I started studying like on the side as a way for some additional professional and personal development too. I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. And When I got to this place in my career where I felt like 
I don't know that it's going to change. I feel like where I am is kind of where I am. And I don't know what else is, you know, available here for me in this particular industry. I got really curious about that. And I ended up leaving my corporate job to go help my NLP teacher at the time, kind of build her business. And this is the first time that I really got introduced to like entrepreneurs, because I came from this very corporate background, I was used to spending time around corporate people that were doing the nine to five. Although in sales, it's never nine to five, but you know, you get the point. And as I was meeting entrepreneurs, I was finding that a lot of them were really struggling to make money. And it's because they didn't really understand the sales conversation. How do you, you know, start a conversation with somebody and move it to the place where you actually exchange dollars for services. So I started just kind of helping some of these entrepreneurs that I was meeting, not in any way charging for this, but just kind of teaching them some what to me felt like kind of common sales skills, but turns out not so common sales skills yeah. outside of the industry that I was in. And they were having a lot of success. And really, it was somebody in a networking group that pulled me aside and was like, why are you not doing this as a business? And I thought at the time, like, who would possibly pay me money to learn how to sell? So here I am coming up on almost eight years in business, having the time of my life, teaching people how to have strategic sales conversations and be way more impactful, be way better at building relationships, be authentic in your conversations. And my clients have a lot of success with it. And I have a lot of fun teaching. Well, as a as a former and current client, I can tell you I had great success. One of my favorite things that I learned so many, but one of my favorite things on a call when I know that they're ready to buy, I just say, how would you like to move forward? What, what form of payment would you like to make? Like people, when I tell them that they're like, you asked that? And I'm like, yeah, if they're ready to buy, let's do it. Right? (laughs) Yes. If people are ready to buy, it is your obligation to make it super easy for them. And usually that means giving them the opportunity to pay you money right then. I get yeah. I get so much pushback from this from people who haven't become clients yet. They're like, oh, I could never take payment on a call. Uh, yeah, you can. And I'll teach you how. Yeah. It's not yeah. hard. And you're making it so easy for the other person. They appreciate you for it. And people are yeah. always surprised by it. So I love that that's one of your big takeaways. Well, the other takeaway that just popped up that people love and they have mentioned a couple times like, who's your sales coach is um, what can I do to earn your business or what else can I do to earn your business? Like it's just a simple question and it's so powerful. Like it makes them really think, right? Yeah. And it's a sincere question, right? Like the, one of the biggest mistakes I think people make in the selling process as the seller, especially if you're not comfortable with sales is we think that sales is something that we're supposed to do to somebody and it's not. Sales is actually something you do with people. And so when you can ask a question like, what would it take to earn your business? Or how can I earn your business? People start to realize like, oh, she's not taking me for granted. And she's not treating me like a big old fat wallet. She's treating me like, I'm a person. She's asking a legitimate question. And when you ask really authentic questions like that, 
people are willing to give you authentic answers. They'll tell you, this is what it would take to earn my business. And sometimes you might be able to do it and other times it might not be a good fit. And that's okay. Bless and release the people who aren't a good fit in your business, but never be afraid to ask somebody, what would it take to earn your business? And you really encourage people to think about how you want to attract the right clients. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of your sales process, too. Now, you've had three books, I think, published now, right? Yes. Um, the most recent one is The the Selling Staircase. Did I yes. get that right? Yes. So there's, a, there's a, a process for the sales. Now, there's seven, I think, seven five. in there. Five. five. Okay, yeah. good. Can we go through those five and take a, take a hot minute just to discuss each one of them and examples? Yes. Yes, okay, I would love that. Okay, okay, so the process and the like the structure of a selling staircase is to give the the person who's in the sales conversation, the seller in this instance, to give mm -hmm. them a process or, or a step by step, like I got to know where I am in the conversation so that I can move the client to the next step. And that's the objective. And, you know, again, one common mistake is that People don't understand that sales is a process. This is why I teach it as a staircase. Your objective is not to move from step one and jump up to step five. You don't get to skip, you know, step two, three, and four. And if you do skip it, that's when you come off salesy or aggressive or people are like, I'm so confused or frankly irritated by the way you're approaching me. So I always teach that your job is to walk a client through the steps. You as the seller do not get to skip steps. Now, the only exception <laughs> is if the client or the prospect comes up to you and says, Pia, I've heard about you. I know how awesome you are. I want to hire you. I don't want you to say, slow your roll there, mister. We got to go back to step one. I want you to say, great, let's, let's yeah. figure out how to work together, right? Go ahead and yeah. take that order. So the five steps, the first one is the introduction step. And the objective of the introduction step is to make a powerful first impression. And frankly, this is kind of where your magic comes in, Pia, because a lot of times your first impression is done through marketing. Could be from mm. your website, could be from something you put on on social media, could be frankly through your podcast. People have to have that powerful first impression like, ooh, this person's interesting or this business has something that I would benefit from. So making a powerful first impression is super important. And in a face-to-face -face conversation, frankly, like the most common, simplest thing that I can give as an example that people often miss is we forget to introduce ourselves and say our name. And I know this sounds really crazy, but how many times have you been in a networking meeting or been out and about and been introduced to people and you say like, hi, I'm Nikki. And they go, hi, nice to meet you. I know. Well, now I'm yeah. like, well, now I have to ask for their name and that feels awkward. Yeah. So always make sure that when you're meeting people that you're thinking about, my job is to make it super easy for them. They shouldn't have to ask me what my name is. I'll tell them. Like I'll do it yeah. in a kind way so they know, right? So something really simple. So introduction, make a powerful first impression. Step two, once you've done that, is you move to the curiosity phase. Step two, by the way, is the most missed step in the selling mm -hmm. staircase. People yep. often forget that your job is to create curiosity. And when I compare creating curiosity, I often use this analogy of it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. Have you heard me talk I about love this? Okay. Oh, yeah. And it's is my it okay favorite if I thing. go into it? Of okay. course. Okay. So and what I mean by this, which I know sounds a little crazy, but if you're a dog lover, if you have a dog, if you think about wanting to get your dog's attention, you usually can do this thing where you go like, 
come here, boy. Let's come on. Let's go. You know, and you have this like high pitched, like aggressive kind of fun, loud thing. And dogs love that kind of energy. They're like, oh, my gosh, something fun's going to go on. What's going to happen? I'm going to come play with you. And yet when you show up in conversation with people and you have what I call dog calling energy, oftentimes what you do is you end up word vomiting all over somebody. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I know how I could help you. Let me tell you. And people are already like, oh, like so much, right? Like back yeah. away slowly. It's I always say like the beep, beep, beep. Like I'm going to back up, get away from you. It's too much. She's so way instead, too much. <laughs> yeah. So instead you want this cat calling energy. It's this idea of, the way you answer questions in a way that makes somebody go like, mm, tell me more. So if you think about calling a cat, you do this thing where you go, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. And a lot of times cats might not even come to that, but they'll still be like, what? What are you doing? Let me check you out a little <laughs> bit. So in a conversation, and this can also happen on social media, by the way, and it can also happen in your marketing too, we want to draw people in. We want them to, we want to give them enough information that they can ask a question. So for instance, like a really simple example of this again is, what do you say when somebody says, hey, Pia, what have you been up to lately? Now you could, this this is your choice. You could say a lot of things here. You could say something like, oh, I've been enjoying the beach house or, you know, I've been, you know, enjoying summer or, ah, can you believe the heat or, you know, whatever. But those kind of answers don't lead you down this path of like, am I in a conversation with a prospect or not? And we want to yeah. identify that quickly. So instead, what I'd rather you say right now, because we'll see if you, I mean, you can have your answer be whatever you want. But what you might say right now is like, oh, I have my podcast going. It's going really well. See, now, if you say that to somebody as your answer, they're going to be like, what? You have a podcast? Tell me more. What's your podcast about? Like, oh, where can I find your podcast? Maybe I should go listen to your podcast. Oh, P, I didn't know you created websites. I didn't know you helped people with blah, 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 right? So yeah. now we're in real conversation about business. So I call these here, kitty, kitty statements. What can you say that makes somebody go like, hmm, tell me more about that? And when you get somebody who leans in, who asks a follow-up question, uh, most of the time, those can lead to what I call buying signals. And I know you know buying signals. Mm -hmm. Buying signals are verbal and nonverbal cues that people give that indicate interest. So when That you a lot a of people seem to miss, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So many people <laughs> miss them. So I'll give you some example of, of some. We can jump back to that if you're interested. And I'll go through some buying signals. But a buying signal is a verbal and nonverbal cue that indicates interest. Your job now when you get this verbal or nonverbal cue is to invite the person to the next step. And the next step in the in the selling staircase is discovery. Some people call it a consultation call. It may happen, by the way, all in one, like one conversation with somebody. You might th move through all five steps. Sometimes you'll get to step one or two, and then you'll need to schedule that consultation call, that discovery call. The objective in your discovery call is to understand what's going on with this person. What's their problem? What's their need? What's their want? And ask strategic questions that lead them to go, ooh, you might have a solution for me that I want to hear more about. So we want to ask really strategic questions in the discovery. I would say all questions should lead to hiring you and <laughs> or <laughs> bless and release. Like I want the person to identify and I want to identify quickly. Oh, this isn't the right fit for me. Not a right fit my, for my business or, oh my gosh, this is an ideal client. 
And that involves, again, asking the right questions. It also involves listening. That's a hard one, though. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. And then now once you've done a great discovery, you if you ask the right questions, you'll already have an idea of what the solution potentially could be for this person. So then we're going to move to step four in the process, which is proposal. Now, sometimes in your business, Pia, you might actually need to send up a formal proposal, a scope of work, you know, like it's a bigger project. And it might involve a formal formal is what I'm trying to say, proposal. And yet for many of us, it doesn't involve a formal proposal. It's just a conversation. And the way you move from discovery to proposal is you ask permission. This is, again, another kind of missed thing in the conversation. So you don't just ask somebody some questions and then go, oh, I have a solution. Let me sell it to you. No. You say, you know, based on what you've shared, I have some ideas of ways that we might work together. Would you be interested to know more about that? I love That's that. It's so permission. simple. And, and you're already getting the yes, right? Because you yes. want to start getting some yeses in there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And then once they say yes, now it's your job to lay out a really clear next step for them. And you might have a couple next steps. It could be, oh, you can choose package, you know, A, B, or C. One of the things you want to be really clear about when you're laying out your proposal is you recommend what you know they need, not what you think they can afford. You recommend what you know they need, stand in your place of credibility and authority as the expert in your field, and make a recommendation. They want somebody to tell them, this is going to solve your problem. Here's how. So make sure you really get clear on that offer. I always say never recommend more than three options, even if you have, which I have, like 15 ways you could work with me. But you'll Mm -hmm. never hear me say all 15 in any context. You won't see it on my website. You won't see it in a conversation with me. You won't hear it about me talking about it on my own podcast. Like you're only going to give them up to three ways. And sometimes you just give them one because that really is the solution for them. And if they decline, you can offer them something else if they want to step down or maybe they want a bigger package, whatever it is, but really stand in your place of authority and recommend what you know they need. So you would say, you know, here's what I would recommend based on what you've shared. And I'm going to, you know, use some of their language to talk about how it's going to meet their need, solve their problem. And then I'm going to move to step five, which is the close. And this is the second most misstep in the selling staircase. We forget to issue closed language. Closed language is traditionally a yes or no question. And you have to pose this yes or no question to the client or to the prospect in this moment so that their brain can make a decision. And if you don't give them this closed question, oftentimes they won't make a decision. So it's really, really important. So an an example of closed language would be, you know, so I'm giving my proposal, here's what I'd recommend. And then I'm going to say, is that something you'd like to move forward with? And then I zip it and I wait. See what they say next. Yeah. So if you guys didn't catch that, she said to, to just wait and don't say anything and wait for it's very uncomfortable, Nikki, it's it's very hard to do to because you want to fill in the gap because you've already said said you're pricing at this point, right? Mm -hmm. I think part of the power is sitting like knowing your pricing being confident in your pricing, presenting it and then letting them take the ball, pick up the ball. Yeah. 
And remember, like you already know all that you know, you already know all about the package. They might be hearing about the offer, whatever that recommendation is from you. They might be hearing it for the first time. So we got to give their brain a little bit of time to digest and then make some make some decisions or ask some questions or voice an objection, whatever is going to come next. And this is why I would say it's important really to wait. What can sometimes happen is we get really nervous because we're like, oh my gosh, I'd love to earn this person's business. And I just put out this big price and that feels like, oh my gosh, I would never pay that, but they might pay it. I don't know. <laughs> so we do this thing that's called selling past the close. We start talking again. Yeah. And when you start talking, you oftentimes will talk people out of making a decision because now you've kind of, you've frankly, you've muddied the waters and they're like, I don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we hear a lot is I have to think about it or I have to discuss mm-hmm. it with my partner. What's a good way to close a call like that? I mean, you've gone through all the objections, they have all the information and you take it personally, but you're saying that you shouldn't, right? It's not. No, you definitely so, shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say to them? If they said, well, I just think about it. Yeah. So I have a couple, couple things. So one, if somebody says I have to think about it, I'm going to respect that they're an adult and that's really a true response. Sometimes it is a kiss off, but I don't ever treat it like it is. What yeah. I say in that instance is I would say, great. When do you think you'll have that conversation? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now on our calendars. That way I can answer any additional questions that come up based on the conversation you have with your partner. And then we'll decide then about best next steps for working together. Like how does Thursday at 10? And then I get a time scheduled. Now, before I end the call, one of the things I would ask this person and I do ask is, is there any additional information that would be helpful for you to have to make a decision? That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, So let's jump back to the buying signals, if you don't Mm -hmm. mind, Um, Mm -hmm. because I know that it gets missed a lot. Um, And one of the things, I mean, it's so apparent to a third party looking in, but when you're in the middle of a conversation, can you give us some examples? Yeah. So here's a couple examples. And I can go as many as you want. And my my second book is all about buying signals, and there are 17 in there. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give you a couple that are really sometimes obvious, but often missed. So one of my favorite ones to talk about is when somebody asks you about your pricing. Now, that might seem like, well, duh, of course, that's a buying signal. But where people drop the ball is they give the answer or they'll say, they'll either say like, here's the price or they'll say, well, that depends. By the way, that depends is never the answer to a price question ever. No matter if you're thinking right now, but Nikki, it does depend. I don't care. That's never the answer. When somebody asks you what your price is, you say the price or you give a range of a price that will work too. And then you issue an invitation for next step. So if somebody says, Nikki, how much is it to be in your sales maven society? I'll say it's $147 a month. Is that something you'd like to join? I'm going to issue an invitation behind that price. So the buying signal is they asked me about price. When I get Mm -hmm. a buying signal, I'm always going to follow it up with, I'm going to answer the question and then follow it up with an invitation for whatever next step is. That's, that's gold. I love that. Any, any other signals that you, you can think of? Yeah. Here's one that people often get confused around is bringing up a negative experience that they've had with somebody else in your field. 
they'll say like, oh, Nikki, you know, I, I worked with a sales coach before and I just, our styles didn't mesh. You know, they have this whole like, I don't think I could ever invest in a sales coach again. So when somebody does that, I take it as a buying signal and here's how I approach it. I always think, oh, well, I'm so sorry. That was your experience. Here's what my customers or here's what my clients experience when they work with me. Is there something that I might be able to do to be a resource to you? Or would you be interested in trying out what it would be like to work with me? Like I'm going to issue some kind of an invitation, even if they say to me, like, I've hired sales coaches in the past. It was a horrible experience. I never want to work <laughs> with a sales coach again. Because I believe in what I do. I know the impact that my clients get. So I feel 100%, you know, credible and authentic in these moments where I say, I'm so sorry, that was your experience. Here's what you could expect if we were to work together. Is there ever an instance that you'd be open to that? Mm-hmm. So bring up a negative experience, take it as a buying signal, issue an invitation and see what people say. I actually it's have interesting quite that- a few business business that have way. you yeah, I was just gonna say I think um it's it's funny how it works but when you get someone like that you think oh they're really jaded they're gonna be really hard to work with but once you gain their trust they are so loyal so loyal yep yeah exactly I love that you said that yeah I have my Nikki vocabulary in my head and written down but another thing that you talk about is relationship selling mm-hmm. um can you kind of outline what that means today? in this digital world? Yeah. So I kind of said or alluded to this a little bit. So to me, relationship selling is selling with people, not at them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, not like your job is not to convince somebody to buy from you. Your job is just to understand do they have a need or a problem and then offer them a solution in a really kind way and let them decide yes or no. So that to me is relationship piece. The other part is that we need to stop talking at people. We do this all the time on social media. Like we're bombarded as consumers. We're bombarded all the time with people talking at us. You need to do this. You should do this. Your life is going to be ruined if you don't do that. Like it's, it's so frankly, I think it's polarizing at this point. And some of us are not even some of us, a good majority of us are like, we're clued in, like we're so sick of being talked at. So instead, think about that the sales conversation, relationship selling is talking with, everything is with. And one of the easiest ways to have a with conversation is for you, the seller, to ask questions and then allow the buyer to answer them that's when conversation happens. That's when relationships are formed. So one of the things I think people often miss is they think, oh, I'm in sales mode. I got to talk, talk, talk. Actually, when you're in sales mode, you should be asking questions and then listening, listening, listening. Yeah. You you, you talk about being curious. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? I, mm-hmm. I hear you say that a lot, which is really nice. Talk about using your personality when you're when you're sell, selling or working with prospects cuz I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, I'm a big believer in you <laughs> you the listener, you Pia, me too. We are all perfect the way that we are and our personality, it doesn't really matter if you identify as an introvert or an extrovert or where you are on the Enneagram or on the Myers-Briggs or any of these things to me. I believe that we all have the ability to have conversation with people. And you want to bring your unique 
skill set, your unique, what your essence, what makes you you, what makes Pia Pia, bring it to the conversation and be strategic in your conversation. This is why I teach the five-step process to sales, the sales conversation, so that you know where you are in the conversation, but you're not trying to sell like anybody else. You're not trying to talk like anybody else. You're not trying to be anything other than what you are. You're just having a structure to following it. So it allows for your natural personality to come through. I remember, I actually will never forget this. This was something you and I, when we were working together in the VIP program, that you had talked with me about you had a prospect and you sent this very unique gift to them. Do you remember this? It was a long time ago. I tend to send very unique gifts all the time. So I'm not sure which one that was. (laughs) And the person was a little bit like, we don't get it. Like they didn't kind of get it. And I remember you like feeling sad about it and frustrated. Like they didn't get it. They didn't get the, they didn't get the intent behind it. And I remember yeah. I was having this conversation and these are those moments where I was like, Pia, really stand in who you are. You don't want to work with people that don't get it, that don't get True. you, right? Because yeah. you are perfect and we, there's plenty of business out there. We got to attract our ideal clients. And frankly, we have to repel people to make room for our ideal clients. So this way I would say like, we want to attract people, but we also want to repel the people who aren't a good fit as fast as possible. There's a quote out there and I'm, I'm going to quote it and say, I don't know who the actual like person was that said it because it was like three people heard it ago and then quoted it to right, me. But it's, right. um, it says, love me or hate me. There's no money in the middle. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. I like that. Okay, so we got to stop trying to be in the middle all the time. Like, let the people who love you, love you, and make it easy for them to work with you. And the people who are like, oh, she's not really my cup of tea. Good. Go, move on. Yeah. I think the older we get, the easier is that. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) The more confident we get, right? Because I see it in young salespeople all the time. It's like they're not quite sure if they can stand in their their power. And that's kind of what they they need encouragement with. But if you do have someone on a discovery call, and you know, right away that they're not a good fit, how can you gently close the conversation? So you're not wasting their time and and your own time? So I usually will have a conversation and I'll, I'll turn this one back to being about me. I try not to make sales conversations about me. But in this particular case, I never want to make anybody feel shamed or embarrassed or less than in any way. So I mm-hmm. would say to them, you know, after just talking for the last couple minutes, I get a sense like what I do is not a good fit for your organization. So I'm going to respectfully decline continuing the conversation. Please know that I wish you well. And if I have a resource, I might offer them a resource for them in that mm-hmm. moment. But I'm just going to say, I'm just going to respectfully cl- decline, like moving forward with this. I just, I can already tell that I am not a good fit for you. But thank you so much for your time. And again, I just wish you all the best. That's perfect. I hope you guys are taking notes. This is all great information. <laughs> well, as we wrap up, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions so the audience can get to know you a little bit if you have a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would love to know what you're reading right now. What am I reading right now? I'll tell you, it's taking me a long time to get through it, but I'm reading a book called Wonder Works. Have you heard of this book? Ooh, no, I haven't. So the guy who wrote it, 
I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I can't think of his name. He he has a neuroscience background. And he did this really interesting process where he took literature and how literature teaches our brains things like empathy and how how story and and he gives very specific examples of specific works you know over over time so all the way back to well i think it goes back to even the bible but like shakespeare wow. and how that teaches empathy or how it teaches grief or how it teaches like and so it's like it's the most how you use literature as a training like vehicle and it's a its own technology anyway i'm fascinated i love it. that okay i gotta add that to my <laughs> list of 50 million other books to read yeah, of course <laughs> so where can people find out more about nikki and the sales maven society and um get in touch with you if they have more questions oh, or buying thank signals you. Yeah. Well, I'd like to wrap it around a little gift then if I could. The best way to get in touch with me is to go to your sales maven. It's M-A-V-E-N.com forward slash M-Y-M. So this is specifically for your listeners. And then you'll you'll get the ebook. It's called Closing the Sale. It kind of focuses on the last three steps of the selling staircase, gives you some language suggestions, but frankly, then we'll be connected. That's awesome. So final question, I know that you will do anything for sales or you used to do anything for sales, including learning how to drink beer. Do you still drink beer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes. So I had to learn to drink beer for one of my sales jobs. Like they were like, this is a really this is a requirement of this job. And if you knew me at the time, you would have thought Nikki will never ever be able to learn how to drink beer. I don't drink beer often. I don't drink a lot anymore. (laughs) Frankly, that job about killed me like with the alcohol consumption. Um, It was a lot of drinking, a lot of entertaining. (laughs) Um, So I'm not a huge drinker. But yes, on a hot day, there's nothing better than a nice cold beer. (laughs) I agree. Thank you for sharing. This has been great. I keep learning from you. It's amazing. So please check out Nikki's program. She, she's got several ways that you can work with her. And we might have to do a, a part two of this podcast because I have so many other questions. So okay. thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye. guys thanks so much for listening to the make your marketing podcast i really hope you enjoyed this episode please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com hey and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing this helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them and by the way you can also email me because i'd love to hear from you email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback questions a topic anything that you want to chat about thanks again for listening <laughs>